they're very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. What's going on, guys? And welcome to the. Uh, man, I keep losing track of what episode this is. Welcome to the War Cry Podcast. I'm your host, Jehovah Tiger. You know, I'm just coming to you guys, you know, a little late. You know, it's been a busy week. Um, this past week, I've had to work a monstrous festival. Uh, here in the Oklahoma City area, my job, and so man, it's been brutal. I, you know, basically worked like thirty something hours in two days, and so I was resting up. So bringing this podcast to you a little late. I was supposed to come out last week, but it didn't. But anyways, you know, some things that I kind of have noticed. Uh, well, really, movies that I've kind of noticed and have been watching, and you know, kind of really just thinking about a little bit that kind of make you think and one of those movies um is called the resident and this stars uh, jeffrey dean morgan and hillary swank and you know that's one thing that like about this movie basically she moves in and this guy who's the the landowner or the the property manager whatever he owns the place is basically gives her a place to stay because she's kind of, you know, in between you know, her boyfriend and she's moving out. And so, but, you know, it got me thinking, like, what if, like, what if, like, things like that, like, I feel like they really happen. And, you know, something as, you know, as meaningless as, you know, helping someone with groceries or your neighbor, helping them with groceries or, uh, letting them borrow your lawnmower like can turn into like some type of obsession, but I feel like that happens. I, I feel like that happens more times than not. But that got me kind of thinking, um, you know, kind of about you know your surroundings and the people you're around, and I don't know, just find it kind of interesting. But yeah, go check that movie out. It's kind of kind of weird, kind of creepy. Like there's some aspects of that movie that just makes me kind of makes me feel kind of weird because like he's like watching her from like. The crevices in the wall. It's just, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, another movie. This one's kind of a independent movie that I had, you know, just recently watched here in the last few days. But it's the Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's got Colin Farrell, um, Nicole Kidman. I was, I almost, I was about to say Tom Cruise's ex-wife, uh, Nicole Kidman, um, and then a few other uh, people that. Uh, you know that if you notice them, you you you've seen them in other movies, and I can't think of their names. So this starts out as a doctor. Um, you know, had a little bit of a drinking problem, and he basically doesn't. He unsuccessfully performs a a surgery on this man. Well, he befriends the son and the and the wife of the man that he quote unquote killed. And this kid who, you know, he basically starts to stalk this man, Colin Farrell, the doctor, the kid. And a lot of weird stuff happened in this movie. And then it comes, you know, at the ending, it's kind of got a crazy, kind of a very kind of dark but crazy ending. But 
we often wonder, you know, like, I guess this is maybe a dumb question, but this is maybe a question you guys have had, is if something like that happens, the doctors get prosecuted for, you know, maybe snipping an artery and letting somebody bleed now or, you know, having unsuccessful, you know, surgery and they kill somebody. Like, I always, I always wondered if they're, like, protected. But maybe that's something I need to look up and I'll, I'll get back to you guys. But, but yeah, so that movie is pretty crazy because it involves, like, some kind of psychological uh, mystery and kind of a, a mysterious illness that befalls on, like, the family. I really enjoyed it. It's from, uh, I think, production company was A24, which, if you guys have watched A24 films, man, they're, there's some crazy ones out there. Um, but, uh, that's another movie. Next movie I want to talk about is Meet Joe Black. Now, I know this is kind of a, an older movie, mid-90s, late-90s, but it stars Brad Pitt, uh, Anthony Hopkins, and man, I can't remember that girl's name, Claire something, plays the, she's, you know, one of those 90s beauties, you know, that, you know, really not like model beauty, but like, just like beauty girls that you've seen in those, in those 90s films. But, you know, that's one thing about Meet Joe Black. I really had to sit down and think about that. Because what if, you know, what if you heard something that happened? Like, for instance, how the movie starts is Anthony Hopkins is kind of like falling kind of ill, but he kind of doesn't feel right. But he keeps hearing this whispering, you know, and the guy keeps in the whispering keeps saying his name. Well, then eventually he ends up following the voice and he allows death to come into his home. And, excuse me, and death is Brad Pitt. And so he makes a deal with Brad Pitt to give him more life. And I know that's been a topic of, you know, decades and decades and decades, you know, making a deal with the devil or making, you know, making a deal with death. Um, You know, I've heard both of those things. And... One thing about that movie that really made me think is like, what if death is like, what if we've met death? Like, what if I was pumping gas one day at a convenience store and, you know, I nudged someone or like, you know, I, you know, maybe accidentally ran into somebody and, you know, they look like a normal person, but they're death or like they're not something that's, you know, what it appears to be. And it's, you know, something that's final. Or like another thing would be like if I was at the grocery store and there's, you know, I was, okay, this is something too that I always observe in grocery stores is someone's at the grocery store and they have nothing in their hands. I I get kind of weirded out. I think that's kind of a theory of mine, but like when they are shopping and they don't have anything in their hands or they're not actively looking, they're just kind of looking up and down and they have like literally nothing, no basket, nothing to hold these things. That's something that's to me is like I I, I kind of go the other way. I'm be honest with you, I do that. That's like a weird thing that I do at grocery stores because I'm like, what if that's meant for me to like, oh, you know, hey, excuse me, sir, you know, kind of getting trying to get by them, and that then links us, you know, or does something to us. But me, Joe Black, like I said, it's it's a super good movie. I really enjoyed it. You know, I know, yeah, you look at the Rotten Tomatoes, and I, I'm I'm not a fan of the Rotten Tomatoes score, like I. If a movie sucks, it sucks. Now we can we can come to grips on that. 
But the ending is super um, satisfying. I really enjoyed it because everything kind of comes full circle. Um, and it kind of makes sense at the end, you know. But the beginning is brutal and what happens to Brad, Brad Pitt's character. Uh, but go check that out. Uh, meet Joe Black. And the final movie I'm going to talk about today um, is The Bone Collector, starring uh, Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie. I've went all, we were all over the place right now with these movies. Um, but to me, one thing I love about a good crime movie is when you have to put pieces together and the, the clues together. And I know, um, you know, that casting of Angelina Jolie and, and Denzel is kind of a weird one. And, and they, at the end, they kind of have like some love connection. Uh, or they, be, you know, have one or they begin, if you've seen the movie. I'm not going to ruin anything else, but... It's always with these crime movies, it's always, especially in the 90s, it's always somebody who is close to the, the protagonist. And, but it, it doesn't make sense at the beginning. Like, ah, oh, that person couldn't be it, you know, or this person. One thing about Bone Collector that I really enjoyed is the fact that Lincoln Rhyme is a paralyzed. He's, he was shot, or he had some type of accident uh, with a fugitive, and he ended up paralyzed. So now he's basically still a cop, but he's just, like, bedridden. And, you know, these murders start to begin to happen. And Angelina Jolie's character, who's just a regular patrolman, had noticed some things and followed the clue and went down to the subway tracks and took pictures and evidence. And Lincoln Rhyme basically takes her under his his wing. And then the, the movie really starts. But one thing about The Bone Collector that I really absolutely enjoy is the puzzle and connecting it back to an actual old school book. Um, and I can't remember the name of that old school book, but like I said, if you haven't seen that, like I said, these movies are, you know, are older movies. So if you haven't seen them, go check them out. If you've already seen them, let me know what you think of them. Or like, Oh, you know, you hold these kind of cheeks on your, your movies right now. But, but, uh, but let me know. Um, so today I was kind of thinking, um, I had, you know, kind of been trying to keep the the topics kind of in a wide range like you know I don't want to talk about the same thing over and over like that to me is very boring um, I got a lot of responses for the last episode with the, 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 the mysterious disappearances uh, in Oklahoma with those four people that went missing in, in North Tulsa appreciate that um, man that was I had really, you know, kind of been thinking about that one for a while, and I, it's always hard to kind of try to put it in a linear timeline because one thing about news articles, you start doing research and you try to filter it a certain way, and it just and it just you have to basically, you know, piece by piece, note by note, try to figure out, you know, how to make it into a linear thing where it makes sense to to you guys. But today, you know, I was listening to a podcast on uh, Tinfoil Hat. And it was had Tony Merkel. And Tony Merkel has a podcast called The Confessionals. Shout out to him. And he brought up, he had a crazy a guy basically email him and tell him this crazy story about this cult down in Joshua Tree. And kind of the crazy things that happened with this guy, uh, like floating people, you know, people in... Uh, basically like wizard hats and uh, vampires, you know, know, all types of crazy stuff happened to this guy. Well, 
it got me thinking about what's locally here and kind of some of my experiences and, and people that I that I know their experiences with cults or things of that nature. Um, my so in every small town you always have oh there's cult there's a cult activity there's you know all this crazy stuff going on out in the boonies and this this so the beginning of this story starts I was uh, we have a Native American uh, class heritage class in when uh, when I was in high school um, and. Every you know, every Halloween they always brought me in, and I I think I started telling stories when I was fourteen, in front of groups of people, and this really started my my storytelling, uh, kind of how, you know, I, I tell stories, but that's how I got my start in telling stories in front of the public. And so they brought me in one year, and it was might have been two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I was a freshman, sophomore, I can't really remember, and. I was telling those, these stories about Merle Home Park and, and, you know, different places in Oklahoma. And and people started telling me stories about, you know, Fort Gibson uh, and Muskogee and Tahlequah. And just different stories that, you know, people say, oh, that, I sound, you know, that sounds familiar. Well, my teacher at the time, she was really, you know, in, invested in, in this this class and, and the spookiness of you know, my stories. And she goes, you know, I've heard, I've, you know, I've been here a long time, but there's something that I haven't really heard anybody really talk about, but I'm going to tell you about this. You know, there is a cult here in, in this town. And I looked at her, I'm like, you know, sure. Like for real, like, you know, you think of cult, cult, you think of like Charles Manson, you think out West, you know, or you think about in the middle of the desert, or you think of, you know, in a subway system or in underground tunnels, but you don't think about, you know, here in a small town. And she goes, yeah, there's, there is one here. I I know. Um, I've had, you know, some students and people tell me about this and they don't know how to go about it. And, you know, me being, you know, 14, 15 years old, it kind of, you know, sparked my interest. Well, the class gets over, and and I kind of forget about this for about a year. Um, and then you know, every like I said, every every Halloween we have, or a week of Halloween, we tell every day there's a, a story time, or we have like a, you know, I was brought in to tell stories during this week of Halloween, or leading up to Halloween, and. um it was brought to my attention. I was just able to drive. I got my I got my license, and I was a junior at this time, and or yeah, gonna be like basically the end of my junior year. Uh, well, basic. I'm sorry. I was a. It was starting my senior year because um, I got my license in in that end of my junior year. But at the end of my so the beginning of my senior year. I started hearing, you know, different stories and, you know, people always, you know, want to tell me stories. But so beginning of my senior year, when we're getting closer to Halloween, you know, I was able to start driving and yeah, I'm one of those young, I was young in my class. I was young like that. That's why people say I got baby face. No, I was playing. 
but Halloween's rolling. It's getting closer, and my my teacher, you know, asked me if I've heard any, heard any more things about what she told me, you know, a couple years prior. And yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, and I started really kind of thinking. I got my license now. I'm gonna, you know, let's, you know, let's see what we can do. Well, I have this '98 Chevy, red Chevy at the time that, you know, can get around a little bit. And so I started kind of investigating. I started really looking into this, and and uh, we go down there uh, middle of the day. And if you guys have seen my YouTube page, there is a uh, there's a video. It's like my first ever video, and I I think it's the same around the same time you know time frame. But there's a lot of dead animal bones out there. Well, so we went out there and we found a bunch of dead animal bones, and we found we found one animal. Uh, it was a dog. I don't know what, but it it was decaying, and it was looking like it was, uh, like it was uh, how I say, like it was not quite like it was already decayed. Like the the bones and like it was basically bones, but it still had a little skin on it, a little flesh on it. And you know, I took a bunch of these pictures, and and I started looking around. We get deeper and deeper into this set set of woods, uh, where people say this alleged stuff was happening. And there was, I mean, hundreds of bones, hundreds of bones. I mean, I I would say dang near close to a thousand bones. There was a lot out there. So I, I thought it was very interesting. I was like, okay, this is this place is kind of creepy. So we started staying out out there. Uh, it'd be about four or five of us, but we would. I mean, every weekend it'd be right after the football game. We'd stay out there, like we'd be out there all night. And. You know, we'd hear things out. Like, it sounded like something was walking around us sometimes. Uh, one time, one night we were out there, we had, dang, it's crazy, but we burned a stinking, there was, someone had abandoned a couch out there, and we lit that sucker on fire. And out in the middle of this kind of this dirt, this big old dirt patch, like, so where this thing, okay, I guess I'll describe before I, so there's a road that goes out behind, by a power plant. And there's all these houses that are, are, are kind of focused around, not all, but like a few houses that are, you know, leading down. Then you take a ride, you get into like where all the Hispanic people lived in town. And then you go on, keep going down, you get back to the river bottoms where the river tributaries start to connect and, and you know, they make little inlets. And we were staying on one of those inlets, the closest inlet um, to where all the Hispanic people lived. And so we burned this couch and you know what it was kind of it was crazy but like we heard something thrashing through the woods like it was running through these small trees that's kind of undergrowth and it was running it was like you hear it. it was like every time it hit and it was like making a thudding sound with that kind of whipping noise so i was like dang is that bigfoot you know thinking so we load up and we get out of there. We left everything. Like we left coolers we, and we come back the next day and something had tore up that little area, little inlet area, like tore it all up. Luckily, the stuff that we left wasn't, you know, was basically just tipped over. Like wasn't anything crazy done to it. And so we, we kept going out there because we were like, you know, we want to see what's out here. And... My buddy had this four-wheel drive Jeep, and it had rained really bad, so my truck couldn't get out there, so I had to park it at the end of the road, um, and we drove back there, and we, we basically 
not to, like I wouldn't say we out there discovering anything, but like there's so many of these little inlet roads, like where the the water when it it floods from these little inlet, like from these little kind of it, like uh, not tributaries because they're not it's like another river, but it's like it where it floods this road and makes it more drivable, but it's all kind of you know flushed out. But it was making these roads where you could see where people had been. But you like, you don't know how long. But it had little things where like it like little uh, roads were lead off into a different direction. And so I started telling people in my class. I'm like, hey, y'all heard anything about this? You know, have you heard? You know, I got everything from, you know, my dad's in the Freemasons. Uh, and they meet out there to... Now, that person that told me that, I kind of believe him low-key because, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll get at the end of the story. But but I got from that to, um, to oh, you know, that's just a bunch of hogwash, you know, ain't, no, ain't nothing going on out there, to basically, oh, you know, y'all just, it's just teenagers out there partying, drinking around. You know, y'all just out there drinking around, acting crazy. But one thing that really kind of made me, you know, nervous, but also kind of made me really start thinking was there was a Hispanic kid that lived that I knew really well who always kind of, you know, told me things. But he was really, we had, no, we weren't really friends, but we, you know, there was respect there. And, you know, I, you know, I liked the kid, the guy and, and he liked me back. So we, he, he told me, he goes, yeah, there's things out there, man. He he had lived out there his basically his entire life. I mean, out kind of where the there's a bunch of trailers back there, and he told me, he "said man, there's a, there's some dogs that go missing all the time out there." He said, "If you notice, he's like, I want you to notice and pay attention to animals. So when you guys are driving back down here every week, I want you to take note of the animals that are, you know, outside or if they got a dog on a chain, all this stuff." So I started noticing. Um, I started paying attention to that. We, like I said, we went out there for shoot twenty weeks straight. You know, over the weekend. Sometimes we got there in the middle of the week, but we were out there all the time. And I started noticing that you know the different animals, different dogs. Like there was a one house that had kind of a fence uh, in the backyard, and you could see the dogs. So the dogs would always bark or they'd chase, and I, they weren't there anymore. Or there, and then there was another dog who I ended up finding uh, later on, and it's that picture that I took. That's that dog. That early on, that I knew noticed the dog in the chain and on that chain. But then, you know, as we progress, you know, more 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 we go out there, the dog is gone. And I thought it was really interesting. I was like, I don't know if that's the exact dog, but I assumed that it was because it had looked the same. Same kind of build, same kind of light tannish color. But he told me that, and so I started, you know, I started paying attention. And I noticed there was no dogs or no animals on this road. And so as you get to the the to the Hispanic part, there's this old abandoned house that sits kind of off in the trees. If you if you don't pay attention, you ain't gonna see it. So we we go looking around in there, and we you know we see sigils and and things like that. So I'm like, okay, we're on the we're something's going on. Like we there's something here. One night, so as we keep going, one night we're out there and we see a and you can see a faint fire 
at the very end of this this road, and we're driving down us in this jeep, four wheel drive jeep, and I'm looking, and it's and it's a fire. We we drive so fast down there, we're hitting every bump, man. People getting tossed around. We got people in the back hanging off of it for dear life, and his jeep is really really loud, and. Whoever that was out there ended up getting spooked by us coming because we come flying down that road. And the fire was out and there was no one to be found. And we searched that place. We got out. We had flashlights. When we had one of like I went and bought one of those like really nice flashlights that can see, you know, basically, you know, with, you know, you can tell what's what. And so we, we searched and we didn't find anybody out there. So then I started, like I said, I started talking to more people and I started trying to get more information about kind of what's been going on. And I, I talked to that teacher again and I talked to that Hispanic guy and, and the Hispanic dude said, it's somebody on this road that lives out here. And I'm kind of like, you know, that kind of piqued an interest because I didn't think anything about it. And he goes, it's somebody that lives on that road before you get to here. And he said, they look, the house looks very inconspicuous. You're never going to notice it. But it's, it's someone there. Because we see people go down there. We know when people go down there. And we know every time you guys go down there. Because we can hear y'all. Laughing, you know, doing whatever. He said, when y'all are down there, that's usually when nothing's going on. And we know that, you know, we'll, you know there's you know, nothing weird happening. And... So we started kind of, you know, just because we used to just fly down that road and get down there as quick as possible. Like we weren't paying attention to any of the houses besides, you know, if they had dogs or not or, you know, animals. But there was a house, as soon as you come off the highway, you cross uh, the first, I think it's the first four way and you get kind of on down the road. And there's this house with, a, you know, one, it's just a lane that goes down, but there's a road that cuts in that goes towards another aspect of uh, of the, the road. And I noticed it. I didn't really notice it first off, but like as we, you know, I kept noticing, I'm like, there's something off about that house. And there was about four, four or five of us, and we were all loaded down in my truck. And I go, one night, it's real late, and there's no, like there was literally no lights on at all in this house, ever. Like we would never see a porch light on, nothing. We never saw any trucks coming in or out. I mean, we were out there a lot. So we started staking this house out, and we realized that, like, there was, like, nobody there. Or they're leaving when we were, like, they were, like, coming out when we were coming out. It was just very strange. And so we pulled on the side road off that main little drag that took us back to the, the bottoms, or the, the river bottoms. And we pulled on down kind of where the, my truck couldn't be seen. We made it seem like we were just kind of, oh, there's houses down here. Oh, we're just visiting family, whatever. So we pulled on down, and we all jumped out, and we snuck up to the fence. And I'll describe this. It's a, The house is a normal-looking house, brick house, red brick brick house. And, uh, you know, gray roof, you know, an attached garage next to it. But the weird thing about it, about this house, is they had like a 15, maybe 10, in between 10 and 15-foot tall fence. Wooden fence. So it's custom-built to try to get a fence that high. Now, chain link, you can do that, I think. 
but that high, I mean, the way that was built. So we snuck up to that fence on the back side. And off the highway, you can kind of see, but it's really kind of hard because the highway's built up and this is kind of lower ground. So you can kind of see it, but not really. And I, it's going to be hard to describe what 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 we've seen, but so we we had basically stacked each other up. And at the time, I didn't weigh very much, so I could get up there. And what was told to me that I was not able to see because I had to basically lift this. There was a girl that I had to lift up. Basically, what was what was seen was is there was sigils all inside the fence. Weird sigils, like undescribable sigils, like you can't make it out. And there was a fire going inside the barn that was on the back side. And you could see people moving past the fire. Like you could see the the light change when someone passes by on the doorway of this big barn that was back there. And they said basically there was like weird sigils all over, like on the barn. It You know, it had some weird looking stuff. And one thing about that, it kind of gave me, and this is why we quit, I quit doing it, quit going out there. And I don't know if they went out there after me, but I was kind of the leader of it. So I was, you know, I was the one like, hey, we're going to go out here, we'll do this. Um, one thing that kind of spooked me out is that she said it, she f- like, it felt like we shouldn't be doing this. Like, we should not be out here. And, you know, I ended up eventually getting a, a quick look at it and, I can't, it's hard to describe what those sigils were. They were like circular, but they had like lines in them and very strange. It was almost like a a maze, but it was was like someone drew a maze and then put lines in it. Like, oh, these are roadblocks, you know, type of thing. I don't know, it was strange. Um, But I never saw the fire, like what she said she saw or that person said they saw. So, but people always talk about cults and, and them being like Charles Manson and, there's people out there that practice different things, and I in in no way am going to disrespect those people because I don't want them after me, obviously. You don't want any of that stuff after you, but one thing that, you know, over my, you know, my period of time of, you know, moving around and getting to know people, and I hear these stories, um, I used to work for uh, the county, Tulsa County, um, last year. And I was asking the person who does kind of, you know, they did the nature tours and things like that. And they always had issues with people out there um, doing things like seances and, you know, dancing around fires and stuff like that. And one day, uh, one day we were, we did like a tour because there was a new trail being built. And I know we had some type of training thing, you know, going out there and. We come into this this over. It's basically called the overhang, but basically the top is like the part where everybody goes to. But underneath it is where all this stuff happens. And there was this painting of like this monster, like huge black painting of this monster. And you could tell where people had been burning the fire. They looked like the fire wasn't like the monster was coming out of the fire. And this is out in West Tulsa. Um, and. A lot of strange stuff, and like when I walked over there, and I, I was like, I looked at it, I said, it feels dark, like it feels heavy, like the atmosphere changes, like it's a weird like barrier, like when you get to a certain point, it, it kind of felt like 
heavy. Like it was like something was here, like something was around, or it was you know. And she was like, "Well," and she so she sat down and was like, "Well," you know, told me a story. She goes, "You know, one night I was out here really late because we were trying to get some stuff done with this trail, and uh, basically she she heard some people out there, and they had the fire going. She ended up having to call the police, and the people got basically." took away, but she's like, we really didn't know what they were doing, but, uh, you know, I had talked to some other maintenance people who were out there, and they talked about, you know, seeing people around there, and they called them Satanists, but I'm not sure what they were out there doing, but they were out there in the cliffs, you know, in those trails, you know, wilding out, doing some crazy stuff, but, you know, I had heard a story, a guy told me a story, out of uh, Midtown Tulsa, and I told this on a, a another podcast, uh, Spirit Spirit Talkers podcast, one of the or one of the first episodes I was on. But one thing too that it's kind of crazy, you know, about talking about this stuff is like it it could be anyone. Uh, you don't know people's religions. You don't know what they believe in. You don't know where they come from. And one thing about this story that gives me goosebumps, and I know it's real, because there's a certain feeling I get when he told me this story. So this guy I used to work with, he told me this story about when he was a young boy. And he would always go to his friend's house, and they'd always hang out, and they'd always run around in the parks, and um, this is a bit town of Tulsa. Well, his buddy was always like, hey, let's go down this one, but we, I was always told never to go down this tunnel. Well, they'd all they'd run the tunnels and you know go end up on this side of you know different t- parts of town. Like these tunnels will take you anywhere, just about. And one day, you know, he decides to go down this other tunnel that they were not supposed to go down. And they get all the way down there, and this tunnel connects to multiple, like a psychiatric or a young girl, young woman's home. I don't know exactly what the name of it was. He didn't know, but he but he knew that he had heard stories growing up about, you know, kind of babies disappearing, things like that, out of this this young woman, this young mother's home for women that, you know, that are uh, young and how they have children. And there was a hospital, you know, that's connected to there as well. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I need to look it up exactly, you know, what hospital, but he told me the name of the park and I'm not going to really, I'm not going to tell that part, but you could probably find it out on your own if you look hard enough. So they go down this tunnel that, that they weren't supposed to go down, and he goes all the way down. And his friend's like, we need to go back. We need to go back. I, something's weird. I'm, I don't feel right. There's something going on here. And they go far enough, and they see this altar. And there's all these kind of sigils and markings, and I'm getting goosebumps telling the story. And they look on this altar, and it's a a baby. And his buddy was like, "I'm out of here, dude. I'm gone." And takes off. Well, he 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 kind of starts to head that way, but he can see something moving in the dark that's darker than the dark. And I asked someone who's uh, uh who's seen these things, kind of uh, you know, a religious, spiritual uh, guy person that I that I know. And he equated to it as is some it's it's something evil, 
if it's darker, he has seen entities that are darker than dark. It's evil. And he goes to turn around to kind of run away, and this thing is this this darker than dark entity, tall, like nine and a half, eleven foot tall. He could see its eyes, but he can't describe. He he was having a hard time describing the eyes to me at first, but I think it ended up being like yellow. This thing went through him. He felt it enter his body and leave his body. He's like 10 years old, 11 years old. And he takes off running. He goes, and well, it, he said it changed his life forever. But he knows that there's a there's a a group that meets down there, and he you know he is really big. He it ended up changing his life forever, and he's into certain things. And I'm not going to describe what they are, but he's into some things that he knows these things, and. You know, he, kind of a crazy thing that he told me at the end of the story is that the friend that he was hanging out with, his dad was a double agent, double preacher. He you know, he worshipped Satan in the even in the night and was a was a pastor at a at a pretty big church in Tulsa. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Um, I told the, that story on Spirit Talkers, but I want to tell it here because you know obviously this is the topic. But that's one thing that, like I said, when I heard that that episode of of the confessionals about this uh, Joseph's tree, I think uh, I just had I was like, man, that's a great topic, and I I I know some not know some things, but I I have heard these stories and I had had some run-ins with some of these things, and you know that's what's crazy. Like I said, you just never know. You truly never know. I mean, I I have uh, I have I don't. There's another story that I, I could tell, but. I may save that for, you know, down the line because it was kind of a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird story. And, um, but, uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think of the, of of the episode. I always got a poll going up, man. That last story kind of showed me a little bit. I'm kind of having to getting back on, uh, back on track. Yeah. Cause it's just a, that's a, that's a, uh, people say that's an unbelievable story, but, you know, those things are out there and I believe in them. Like, I believe they're out there. I'm not saying I believe in them, you know, but I believe they're out there. And, you know, if you don't know, you know, how to... I always have people ask me, how do you go through this? It's like, well, first of all, I believe in I believe in the Creator. Um, the Creator up top. I don't believe in I don't believe in the, the religious Creator. I believe in the real actual Creator uh, upstairs. You know, and I... And I I try to move in a way that's right, and 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 I try to live my life right. I try to be a man of my word. I try to stand up for people that that need standing up for, and that's and I believe that's kind of what keeps that away from me. I think in a little bit. Now I do have some other things that I that I do do, but um, I have had people ask me, you know, how do you how do you? It's all about your 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 faith, and if you actually believe in your faith and and stand with your spirituality you will be protected because that's one thing that you know the creator does is he, he provides and, and that means protection too as well um but if you guys want to follow me on tiktok one man band 918 twitter is the same one man band 918 facebook you hold a tiger before you add me on facebook please send me a message let me know you like the podcast what episode you like i you know i'll i'll i will always reply back that's, that's kind of my 
my thing is I always get back to you guys. If you have a story to tell, yeholatiger at gmail.com. Um, send me audio. I love to, I got some people sending me audio, so we'll have some audio stories for the next This Is Creepy Part 3. Um, and uh, I appreciate everyone that listens, and I'll catch you on the next one.